Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to help you take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow, or just simply chat about interesting communications stuff. Um, I'm Jenny, your host, and here are, or here, or this week, here this week, I am joined by Leah and Jasmine. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. And um, we're going to be looking back over 2022 at some PR triumphs and PR disasters. Um, We really love recording these ones, mostly because we get to chat about campaigns that really interest us um, and geek out about it slightly, but also because we get to sit here and judge like we're completely perfect and would never do anything wrong and only create the best campaigns in the world. So without further ado, uh, Leah, why don't you kick us off with the first campaign? Okay, so we're going in with a, a good a good campaign, um, and it's that time of year, and it's the John Lewis Festive advert, um, which I know we all love every year to see what John Lewis has come up with this year. But I think it's an absolute corker this year. Um, and for those who haven't seen it or don't know, it's it's titled hashtag the beginner. And I know when I first watched it, I thought, where on earth is this going? It's kind of a, a middle aged guy um, learning to skateboard quite unsuccessfully, um, getting into quite a lot of scrapes, uh, hurting himself, struggling to do things around the house because all of his injuries through trying to learn to skateboard. And you think, where on earth is this going? Why, why is he <laughs> learning to skateboard? And it ends with the doorbell going and a young a young girl arriving to spend Christmas with them, um, who's obviously a, a child that's in care and she's got her skateboard with her. So she's obviously passionate about skateboarding and he's been trying to learn to skateboard to have something in common with her and to share with her. And it's absolutely heartwarming. Um, and I beg you all to try and watch it without crying. <laughs> I know I certainly struggle. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. Um, but it's not just kind of the heartwarming advert. It's everything that goes with this campaign as well. Um, so the advert and the whole campaign has been done with with John Lewis in conjunction with um, Action for Children and Who Cares Scotland. And it's basically to get the conversation going around the 100,000 children and young people who will spend this Christmas in care. Mm -hmm. Um, So interestingly, John Lewis have actually launched their Christmas advert this year a little bit earlier um, because they are looking at it as it's not just Christmas related. It's part of a much bigger campaign. And I saw an interview with with somebody from John Lewis saying this is really just the beginning of their story. This is the, the start of the start of it. So um, they really want to get the conversations going around, like I say, something that's quite overlooked. Usually their campaigns are around that family feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year they've turned their attention to, like I say, the 100,000 children and young people who will be spending Christmas in care this year. So um, it features a lovely track for, for those of you back from the, the 90s, I'm going to say. It features <laughs> the cover of Blink-182, all the small things. 
um, which really goes nicely with the advert as well. But they've really stripped it back this year. It's not been about big budgets like it Mm. has been before. And I think that's really telling in the kind of the cost of living crisis that we're, you know, and that the possible recession that we're being kind of talked into. Um, So I think John Lewis have just showed how they're really in touch Mm -hmm. with, you know, the the climate and and everything that's going on. And I think it's a really good starting point for getting those those conversations going. Yeah. Um, They always get it right, don't they? they Because they always just, I mean, let's be honest, the budgets behind them must be yeah. enormous. <laughs> but um, they always they always seem to get it right, that balance of, you know, what's appropriate, as you said, for the current climate. Like yes, it's not. absolutely. And, and you can see a lot of the other, like, big retailers and supermarket brands steering away from that, it being about spending money and yes. excess and um, kind of going back to the stuff that matters yeah um, which is really important isn't it because I think there's they're all getting it right in that sense yeah but John Lewis always seem to kind of they get just it, so, it don't they yeah they do <laughs> and even thinking about like you said launching it earlier and always having something very tangible behind it like places that you can go and give money or support and That's it always right. goes I, a bit more beyond just an ad I think as well they've got a collection that features in the advert a bear so profits from that will be going towards these charities as well. I don't, I could cry um, even just thinking about no. that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful though. I like, I, I cry very easily at films and ads and all sorts. So um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a proper target audience for yes. all of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, they got it very right this year. And um, I think as well, it's it's not, like I say, it's not just the advert, it's part of um their broader Building Happier Futures programme. So they've got a long-term commitment to help young people with experience in the care system in a number of ways. And this is just kind of one element that really brings it to the spotlight. So it's bringing it to a spotlight, but there's much more going on as well to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to back it all up. It's not just a shallow advert. There's so much more meaning in there as well. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's a fabulous campaign. Yeah, and it kind of really supports their general purpose, doesn't it, as a... Mm-hmm as a company and I think um and again I think not just John Lewis but other you know other big brands and retailers are considering it too is people are it's not just that we're going currently going through cost of living crisis and there's you know globally a lot happening that is impacting people's um lives and quality of life but actually even before that and I think during the pandemic as well, there's pe- generally the population find stuff like lots spent spending crap loads of money, like over Christmas, just a bit gross. Mm-hmm. Just it yeah. all just people just care a little bit more now about being close yeah. to family yeah. and mm-hmm. the things that matter a bit more yeah. than mm-hmm. than just massive Christmas dinners and that's right, an extravagant present. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I think, yeah, once again, they've nailed, they were bound to they be have, on the list. They, were, they? they just had to be in this episode, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> One thing with John Lewis as well, I love how it's become almost like a date in the diary. Yes. When the, the advert comes out, everyone's like, oh, yeah. I've got to watch it. I've got we to watch all look it. forward to it, don't we? In, in, yeah. in the anticipation. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's what all the other retailers are striving for, yes. aren't they? <laughs> and there are some good ones, but they haven't quite managed to, to get up there with John Lewis yet. That's a nice heartwarming one to start with. Thanks, it Leah. <laughs> Should we get to a bad one? Shall we? So we yeah. can pick apart and judge. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Shall we do? Um, cause I think I love it before we came on, we're all like, I've got, I've got quite a few bad ones, <laughs> but we all, um, a common one for all three of us was center parks, wasn't it? And there's yeah, good old small, small PR disaster. <laughs> um, where are they thinking? Yeah. Jasmine, do you want to go through it? Do you want me to, do you want me to go through? Essentially when, I can't remember, when, when was it? September time. So when the um, Queen passed away earlier this year, Centre Parks um, basically said to their customers and everybody that was staying at their resorts that they are closing the sites for, I think, was it 24 hours or 48 hours, which meant that anybody that was on the site during that time would have to vacate and essentially find somewhere, somewhere else to stay. What were they thinking? <laughs> who, who, who was in charge that day? <laughs> I mean, I can see, I can see the the goodness behind it, where the thought mm-hmm. came from, and that they were saying that all their employees should have the right to be part of history and watch the Queen's funeral, as everybody else was kind of entitled to. So, to enable to do that, they would have no staff on site. So that's why they were closing. But you just can't ask customers who are booked in and this was all quite last minute as well because mm. the queen's funeral was announced quite last minute um mm-hmm. you can't expect people to vacate their holiday just for a night <laughs> and yeah. then come back in again um so yeah i can see i can partly see where their kind of good place came from in terms of kind of looking out for their employees but the customers were definitely not the focus of that decision and there was absolute uproar on social mm. media <laughs> exactly i mean I, I agree i don't think there was any malice or no. any uh, not not that there would be malice you know what I mean no. there's no there was no um it wasn't about making money no. it wasn't it wasn't intentional and and in fact they're kind of following the advice that people like us give them that are like you know employ employees at the heart of your business yep. you should build your business around your employees you know building your business from the inside out your reputation internally looking after your staff etc etc you know we talk about that as being more important often than your external communications but it's not so black and white is it you can't (laughs) you can't (laughs) kick everyone out for 24 hours no (laughs) it's just insane (laughs) there are so many other things they could have done I don't think they could have said that you know the pools were closed and all the activity type bits were closed Um, but you can still have access to your accommodation yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, so they could have done so many things differently. But yeah, it's just, what were they thinking? I don't know who signed it off or it must have gone (laughs) through a process. I think it's a really good example of how communications professionals aren't always in the room when these kinds of decisions are being made. So um, I agree. And I've seen other communications professionals talking about this um, in different articles and online when this first came out. But it's often you see these sorts of decisions being made in the C-suite, senior leadership or board level, they make these decisions 
And then they go and tell their communications team to communicate whatever that decision is without involving them in the process in the first place. So this is, I mean, we hope, we hope there wasn't a communications person sat sat there or they were, (laughs) yeah, we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. Entirely ignored, (laughs) which can also happen. You know, they can sit there saying this has the potential to be an absolute PR disaster, but they get overruled by people more senior than them or the whole room. Um, But it's just, yeah, an example of how you need your communications team in the room when you make these sorts of decisions so that they can kind of play play devil's advocate. It's probably why they don't want us in the room because (laughs) because actually, (laughs) all right, negative Nancy. Yeah. We ruin all their plans. But it's actually just so that we can... um, warn them of the potentials Um, and I think this is an example of that a really good example of that yeah but then equally it's quite a good example of is it a good example well they they went into crisis mode quite quickly didn't they and they quickly reversed it and they had the right kind of statements that went out that said you know apologize and said they made a rash decision and they didn't didn't basically think it through and they shouldn't have done it so you know, gold star for yeah. that bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. And that's it. They actually held held their hands up. And I think when when companies do hold their hands up and just say, oh, sorry, yeah, we were wrong, you can't you can't yeah. really be too angry about that. <laughs> They're acknowledged that, that yeah, they were absolutely wrong. And they yeah, particularly um, they as we said, there's right, no so. no yeah. around behind, in the end. You know, they didn't do anything that was it was all for good intentions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the intention was there, but they just um, didn't really think it through and think of all the hundreds they of families didn't. that were going to not have somewhere to stay for the night. And, and you know, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Centre Parks, but you're not the cheapest place to stay in the world. So it's not, you know, people have paid no. a lot of money to to stay there. And yeah, and can't That's right. at the last minute and like find somewhere else to stay or fork out more money to go and stay somewhere else. Like it, you know, not possible. So should we do a good one? Yes. How about Ask for Henry? So that is a initiative from Heinz that launched over October half term to help people cope with the rising prices and um, cost of living. So Heinz teamed up with Morrisons to offer visitors a discreet free lunch if people need it, no questions asked. All people have to do um, at the Morrisons Cafe is ask for Henry um, and they will be given a free jack potato and baked beans. Um, I just like this campaign because I just think it's brilliant and it got heaps of coverage and in the doom and gloom of the news agenda at the moment, it's just a nice shining light and it's just Mm. nice and, you know, heartfelt and yeah. Yeah, it is is heartwarming, isn't it? It's a lovely, it's just a really nice thing to do. And yes, they've obviously got lots of PR coverage out of it, but that's Mm. not so much the reason behind it. You know, again, they're addressing the cost of living crisis and looking at ways that they can help Mm-hmm. families in half term as well so just really nicely timed and yeah a lovely campaign this is where brands get it right where they do the the kind of activities that are helping people that feels it feels very authentic very natural very natural for yeah. the brand and the retailer it it didn't feel like like you said yes there's a happy 
result for them that they get this sort of brand coverage and the fact that we're talking about it and we're talking about what a great campaign it was. But also the, the whole point of that was spreading the word so that people knew about it and that they could go and they could use it. And it just feels very natural. It feels like when they came up with it, sat around in a room, that it felt like, what can we do? We are a big brand that, you know, people see as a staple as well. We're a staple food, but we're still, we still cost money. Like, what is it we can do to help people? And yeah, kind of coming up with this with their retailers, I think is, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. When the, when the kind of end goal isn't coverage. Yeah. That's when you know that it's, it's, it's been done for the right reasons, basically, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and just a bonus is the results that you get from it. But yeah, yeah, I just think it's a nice one. Yeah, nice social coverage as well and engagement, which is always good when it's night, you know, that comes quite organically, doesn't it? From again, people talking about your brand online just because you're doing something good and purposeful. And yeah, it doesn't seem like you're doing it for the money, which maybe leads us on to the next one and how you do it completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know which one I'm talking about, Leah? <laughs> Shall we do Brewdog? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this one is a very interesting one. Um, I don't know if you, you will have seen it, but basically Brewdog have, they're proud to be the anti-sponsors of the World Cup. So they have gone in big with big bill, billboards Um Saying that they're the proud anti-sponsors of the World Cup, they've changed the beautiful game to the beautiful shame. They've got billboard posters saying eat, sleep, bribe football rather than eat, sleep, breathe football. They've gone in really hard hitting um, and they're basically saying that they're kicking off. Um, that football's been dragged through the mud before a single ball's even been kicked. And they're saying guitar won it through bribery on an industrial scale. Football's meant to be for everyone, but they're, you know, they're very against guitar. Uh, not being inclusive um, and all the all the kind of yeah human rights atrocities so they have basically launched a campaign to be the anti-sponsor of the world cup um they're saying just to be clear we love football we just don't love corruption abuse and death so join us raise a glass to the players to the fans to free speech and two fingers to anyone who thinks a world cup in guitar makes sense so really hard hitting mm-hmm. kind of what you would expect from Brewdog. Um, very confident, very straight to the point, really standing up for what they believe in and what they value. Mm-hmm. Um, which which should be good things, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, which should be good. Um, and they have actually been applauded for that, for taking a stance. And people have said, you know, this is how big brands make waves. They're standing up for something and saying it out loud. Um, so in one respect, this has been good because people are talking about it. They've got conversation going. Mm-hmm. However... <laughs> The campaign has also been massively slated um, for being disingenuous. Um, And when you start looking into it, uh, Mm. they're absolutely right. So Brewdog are still showing all of the World Mm. Cup in all of its pubs. Um, And there's even reports that it actually sells its beer via a third Mm. party in guitar over the World Cup. So I think this is just a really good example of, yes, they've got their stance, they've got what they believe in, and they've really gone all guns blazing. But it doesn't mm. have the doesn't have the substance to support it. When you delve, it doesn't have the substance. No, and you know they have said that all um, 
profits from one of their lagers will go to, um, they say, human rights charities fighting injustice. So again, there's good there's good connotations behind it. Um, but yeah, it's been heavily criticised because mm. they're still showing the World Cup in all of their pubs. So people are, are saying you're still profiting from that. You're still profiting from the World Cup. You, you're not prepared to draw the line and say you don't believe mm. it so much that you're not going to show it. You're still. You yeah, know. that's it. It's um, a, you're still and yeah, making money off it and you're still <laughs> willing to make yes. money off it in the same way. So how does it yeah. make you yeah. any better than any of the other brands that are making money yeah. off it? Exactly that, exactly that. And then for it to come out of the woodwork, yeah. they do actually sell their beer in Qatar, albeit via a third-party distributor. Um, mm. It just really makes the whole thing lack any substance. And um, yes, whilst it's great that they have got their point, it, there's just no substance to to back it up. <laughs> yeah, and I've yeah, and I've seen again discussions around it where people are saying, you know, well, something is better than nothing, you know, and they're highlighting it. At least they're taking a stance, and you know, at least some money is being given to charities. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's good. Any money that goes to charities that that do that work is fantastic. But it it doesn't change the fact that the bottom line is the brand has done it to get headlines and sell beer like yes yeah yeah you know it and has it, <laughs> and in that respect it has worked for them um because it definitely has been a conversation goer and like I say a lot mm. of people looking at different angles some are saying it's a good campaign some are saying it's bad so it is it is mm. a really interesting one but yeah uh, it's been done to grab headlines and there's, there's no mm. it just makes it and they've always shallow. been controversial as well haven't they that's that was one of the things when they were they first have, launched yeah. which was great about them because you know there was lots of middle fingers up to the norm and all that stuff was great and yeah. people really liked it and their customers really liked it audience really liked it but over the years there's just been so many faux pas and so many disingenuous yeah marketing stunts and campaigns that don't are the same they lack the substance and it's yeah and it's just it's sort of another nail in the coffin just sort of doing this but then (laughs) you know they're still around people still buy their beers so some people obviously don't care too much (laughs) maybe I don't drink lager anyway I don't drink beer at lager ale so I never would be their customer but I would if it were yeah. if it was a wine brand, hello or gin, I I <laughs> wouldn't pick them up off the shelf. But I wouldn't I've I yeah. wouldn't want to buy from a brand that I felt was sort of manipulating situations. And God, when it comes to sort of human rights via, violations, manipulating that to sell beer and get headlines, like is mm. yeah. When you look into it. There are people that applaud, think it's great. So, you know, it's just mm. our opinion. Yeah. And that's probably their that's probably their target market. And so, yes, good for them. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder how long they can keep doing it and keep surviving as a brand because yeah. they are just about surviving. I think well, they are surviving, obviously. But I wonder how long they can keep doing stuff like this before they start yeah. losing. Mm-hmm. The faith from there from that customer um yeah because yeah. I mean obviously there was like, all that awful stuff as well with their staff and internally and how they treat them and like the toxic 
toxic environment that their staff have to work in. And that was again linked to this campaign. A lot of people were saying, how can you be talking about human rights and justices when you've had all of this <laughs> over your head? And I think Brewdog's comeback was that, well, that was, you know, we're a very different company to, to how we were then, but you really have got to find that balance. You know, they they might have a completely different kind of workforce, mm. a leadership team, whatever, but they're still a brand that's still associated with them. They can't just yeah. say, oh, we're, we're different now, that's it. <laughs> all of it on the face of it should be great. It's a bit, you know, we were saying, just talking about Heinz and just talking about yeah. John Lewis and on the face of it, it's, good but it's just the fact that it lacks authenticity it's not it lacks all that substance and then yeah. it's you know yeah it's just like oh an awful toxic brand trying to profit yeah and it's like but well, all of this could be brilliant yeah. imagine yeah. if they actually like completely boycotted the world cup and didn't sh- and i don't yes. know showed yeah documentaries in their pubs instead <laughs> I know yeah. they wouldn't get people yeah. in because people are going to watch the games but that's the point stuff like this if you're doing it authentically isn't but, about you making money yeah. and is mm-hmm. often you lose money but if you truly believed in what you were doing you would believe that you would miss out on your profits for that you would take it you yeah. would take anyway that loss. okay yeah. let's move yeah. on we'll get angry <laughs> yeah angry about brutal should we do another good one <laughs> I've got another one. In July, Deliveroo um, took a new approach to theft by seagulls and um, installed chip watch beach zones <laughs> to deter seagulls from stealing your fish and chips. Um, <laughs> I love it. Genius. So um, it took place <laughs> in Brighton and Scarborough Beach um, and the zones were patrolled by crew members with reflective umbrellas and decoy birds. Um, <laughs> and they also worked with a researcher of urban herring gulls from Exeter University on an audio track that was played as another way to deter the seagulls from swooping down to nick your chips. Um, and it's now available on YouTube and Spotify. So... <laughs> <laughs> so we can all take yeah, it to actually, the beach. It's actually quite catchy, isn't it? It's actually um, quite a catchy song. So I, I just like it because it was a bit of summer fun for beachgoers, yeah. and it solves the problem. I very much, yeah, I very much face this and absolutely hate eating anything on the beach. The stress levels are ridiculous, <laughs> and. Once I think I was at Brighton Beach, I actually threw my f- chips away because I couldn't cope with having to hover <laughs> over my food, trying yeah. to eat it. I was yeah. like, the stress is too much. It's not worth it. They're going in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, I cannot yeah. deal with it. And I, I actually had it happen at the beach this summer, although not with chips, with a soaring bar. Okay. My little boy was eating a soaring bar. It's a healthy seagull. He had it really close to him. Very healthy. <laughs> Seagull swooped in and took it and he was just so upset. Oh no. <laughs> so I needed a reflective umbrella and a song there <laughs> to save the situation. <laughs> uh, it's just a nice, yeah. fun campaign, isn't it? Yeah. That like, and they've totally tapped into like it's just that kind of fun consumer insight that when you're on the beach, exactly that poor Jasmine, they should have had you as a case study for like, I had to throw ja- Jasmine <laughs> says, cool quoted, I had to throw away my yeah. chips. The stress wasn't worth it. If it was if it was at a beach you know, in the southwest, I would have gone to experience the 
the calm of eating on the beach. Yeah, and got really good coverage, didn't it? Got good media coverage. Um, as you said, often the simplest ideas are the ones that just work, that just, you know, it's yeah. quirky enough to get some good tabloid coverage and to get some, you know, those good picture desk stories. Um, and as always, people relate to it. Like you've just found that it seems obvious, doesn't it? These sorts of campaigns that really work, you're like, that seems like a really yeah. obvious thing because but because yeah. <laughs> it's you know they've just got it just right that insight just right and it's yeah quirky and fun and something you can kind of read and be like oh what silly news but I think yeah all smile about it because it's something we can all relate to yeah. I think we've all been there we have all tried to eat chips and been harassed by seagulls yes <laughs> and it suits the brand that's the other thing isn't it? it's like it's got it's you couldn't have a yes. really serious brand yeah. doing something something like that like you know I'm delivering a serious brand as in a big brand but yeah they're (laughs) they're all if you look at any of their comms any of their ads any of their PR stuff it's all sort of quite tongue-in-cheek isn't it and quite Mm -hmm. and quite fun so it really fits in with them that was a yeah I remember you sending it around actually when it happened Jasmine in our little in teams I remember going look at this I'm going to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, I have one more good one. I don't have any more bad ones, which is good. Do we end on a good one? The one I've got, yeah. Um, yeah, which go is a bit bigger scale than the delivery chips on the beach one. Um, <laughs> it was a big, big, big global campaign, but it was... Um, Dove, and it's one they called the reverse selfie. So um, it was all part of their campaign um, around. They have something called the self esteem project. So it's all about building the self esteem of um, girls and women. And and this in particular focused on the negative impact of social media and what that can have, uh, what impact that can have on young girls. Um, so it's centered around a creative so it was that they used in ads everywhere online that was um an image of a young woman that's posted on instagram you know with loads of comments and loves and likes but like oh my god you look amazing you're so beautiful and so jealous and then the film goes in reverse and shows this girl kind of tweaking it with filters you know the a little blemish reappears you know, her hair loses its volume. Um, and then you see her kind of taking her makeup off, taking nail varnish off. And then it ends like quite poignantly with quite shockingly young looking girls sat on the end of her bed. And it's sort of highlighting just what people do and the changes they make to themselves so that they can have this image on, on social media. And um, it kind of went beyond that. It was a really touching video anyway but also beyond that on the website you could get resources for teachers and parents that were like how to talk to children and young girls and raise awareness around the fact that social media is bs and you don't you know people put filters on and it's not real life and how you you know good tools to stop yourself and your self-esteem being damaged by it um And I just love it. I think it was such a good campaign. And again, it got loads and loads of 
media coverage globally. So it was a global campaign. So you can imagine, I can only imagine the amount of money that got put into it. But um, it was, yeah, I I really resonated with it. So it's something I think it probably resonates. I'm definitely, you know, a target audience for that and for that brand. But um, I think it resonated with me both like as a woman and growing up. Well, I didn't grow up with social media, really. So um, <laughs> really at all. It wasn't around when I was a teenager. <laughs> really showing our age now, Denny. <laughs> I remember coming out of uni and my friend going, have you heard of this Facebook? I'm like, oh, what is this Facebook you speak of? Um, but also, but we do know the impact in terms of other forms of media. Like when I was growing up, it was that kind of heroin chic you know, Victoria Beckham mm-hmm. being put on scales on, you know, T T G F R. Yeah, TGI that's it. Friday, I get the name yeah. of the thing right then. <laughs> um, and you know, Kate Moss saying everything, you know, nothing tastes as good as skinny filled. And so that kind of stuff anyway, let alone having it on social media. And then I have a little girl, I have a five-year-old girl, and I think, God, how am I gonna, what am I gonna do when she's on social media? So for me, I think it had a lot, again, it had lots behind it. It wasn't just that video. It had lots of stuff like tools that I looked at and was like, I know this isn't relevant right now and it'll be a while before she's doing this stuff. But yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same, Jenny. I think it really resonated with me for that same reason. I've got a little girl and it really, really scares me to think that in a few years, they're going to be wanting to go on social media and you can't deny them of it because it's it's part of life now but it's really giving them the skills to know how to use it and exactly like you you said earlier it's not always real life it's just people's perfection mm. on social media and you shouldn't have to conform to that but I even notice now my little girl's seven and sometimes when you put the camera at her she pouts and I'm like there's nothing wrong with a smile <laughs> just give us a smile it's fine um and it is just that that culture and like I say, I was lucky enough being the same age as you, Jenny, that kind of social media didn't really become popular until more in my 20s. I'd had mm. that time to, to grow up before in, social media was introduced. But I do fear for kind of young girls and that idea of perfection from such a young age. And I think it's quite scary. So hats off to Dove for mm. really addressing that. And like you say, it's not it's not shallow. It wasn't just to shock you. There's so much so many resources and tools behind it to to help with those fears so great yeah and they've really built again it's got that authenticity hasn't it which is because Dove as a brand is built around that purpose isn't it around sort of beauty yeah skin deep beauty and and, you know building the (laughs) self-esteem of women so it fit in each year or ongoing they build on it don't they and they change and they're updating and they're making sure that they're and it's all based on research as well it's all based on exactly what's happening and um they do it really well and so where we talk to brands about find your purpose communicate your purpose you know and make sure that sort of you're communicating that to to your audience well but with authenticity. I know it's such a marketing word that be authentic. No one can see me doing air quotes. Only no. you can see me. I'm doing air quotes. Air quotes. Air quotes. Um, but it is true. Like you have your purpose, be authentic, have your purpose. And, you know, and I think 
Dove always seemed to get it right. Mm. So I, yeah, I liked that one from this year. And it definitely, yeah, really resonated with, with me. That was it. That was a nice one to send. Although I had to try again. Yes. Yeah. Such a wimp. I had to try not to cry when I was describing the the video yeah. <laughs> of the girl. Remember so me. Honestly, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Cannot, can you imagine if you put back to back like Christmas ants or something on? I'd be a shriveled, You'd be a shriveled mess. raisin <laughs> by the end of it, completely dehydrated. <laughs> um well, I think. That's that's it. We've gone through quite a few. We did rush through crowd, but we, we do have. love this one. We do love just talking about we do. campaigns. It's, it's our favourite episode to record, isn't it? So much I know, fun. It's, it's basically <laughs> a bit like what we do in the office. We yeah. just sort of sit around and say the thing, you know, have you seen this campaign by so-and-so? Whoops, have you seen what they've done? Don't want to be their comms team this week. <laughs> Don't yeah. want to be there today. So we love it. But um, thank you, everybody, again, for listening. Um, it's been great to have you here. Um, if you want to get in touch, please do get in touch with us via the website, adpr.co.uk, or you can email hello at adpr.co.uk. Um, either you can tell us what you thought about this episode, any other episode, or um, yeah, let us know if there's anything in particular that is bugging you about PR and marketing that you think we should discuss. Um, otherwise, have a great day. See you soon. Bye.